This is Adam from Unstoppable Acting Studio in Scotland. And this is Jared from Actors Approach in America. And together, we are two guys talking craft. A one-hour podcast where we talk about the craft of acting. Explore the various acting techniques from all the master acting teachers. And help you grow your acting skills. Two guys talking craft. Two guys talking craft. It sounds much better when Adam says it. Yeah, it does. This is Two Guys Talking Craft. Good afternoon, good morning, you're listening in the morning, uh, and welcome to Two Guys Talking Craft, episode 17. My name is Adam Coots, and I am from Unstoppable Acting Studio. In, in a second, I will be joined by Jared Kellner from Actors Approach Craft Tech. This actually aimed a second... Right, Hello, Jared. How's it going? You seeing me? Hearing me okay? I uh, am, yeah, yeah. How are you? Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Great to see you, my friend. Um, for episode 17 of um, Two Guys Talking Craft. Amazing. I know. Uh, really, the big two or the big uh, 20. And uh, yeah, uh, our, our past few episodes have been doing that deep dive into uh, Sanford Meisner's technique. Now, you might notice tonight, John, I'm in a slightly different location. Yeah, I, I was going to uh, ask, where are you today? <laughs> I'm in my kitchen uh, today for, for a number of reasons. For We started last week to do the independent activity. And uh, I've got a sort of kitchen, kitchen themed activity, I guess, uh, today. So I thought, why, why not base it here? Um, and also, my wife is just very busy in the other room. So it's <laughs> a so, so multiple, multiple But I'm in the kitchen. And you're, you're in that regular place with the magical backdrop there. You could be anywhere, really. Who knows what's yeah. behind that the backdrop? Yeah, just in the office. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Just with the, the little curtain behind me. There could be anything behind that curtain, Jared. Come on, let's uh, you know, let's not just say office. Let's leave a bit to the imagination here. What, what's, what's behind that curtain? And it could be some magical mystical. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I found out. You know, Jared's actually in prison. You know, and uh, he's, 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 this is why he's got the backdrop up the whole time. He's just covered up his prison cell or something like that. Um, but hey, um, but welcome, welcome to yourself, welcome to everybody. <laughs> You guys talking craft, um, and yeah, we usually do these things uh, sort of uh, fortnightly, right? Every every two weeks, but um, we're we're catching up a little bit on our uh, episode schedule. So yeah, we, we've come back for a subsequent Wednesday this week, which is quite exciting uh, to get another uh, live podcast recording in the bag. And um, yeah, this week is really exciting. Because I, I think we're going to get to a stage with the Meisner technique that probably a lot of people m might not get to. Like they, they might have sort of uh, give, given up on it or not seen the connection to to this point that we've got to uh, before now, which is starting to work with a with a bit of dialogue, right? Using all the principles, the techniques, the, the strategies we've been looking at in previous weeks, but starting to yeah explore a little bit of dialogue, uh, right, Jared? Yeah, it seems like a lot of people that dip their toe into the water of the Meisner technique are exposed in, you know, like in uh, a one-day intro to Meisner workshop that usually entails just getting into the repetition exercise, and and then they don't continue on. And it's really, it's only, yeah, that repetition exercise really is just a foundational tool that is a path towards the actual technique that you use in front of the camera or up on the stage. And so a lot of people that have a preconception that, you know, Miser is a one trick pony, that there's only one part of the actual technique. It's just because they haven't been yet exposed to all of the goodness that goes into what happens after repetition. So tonight we're going to have a bit of a conversation about Meisner's approach towards emotional preparation 
what it is specifically, how to do it, and why and how it's different from other emotional preparations. And then we're going to talk about how open scenes, uh, a simple back and forth A, B character dialogue, just random dialogue can be used as a stepping stone to go from repetition exercise eventually to a proper scene. Um, but uh, like you and I were talking, one of the things that a lot of actors experience when they leap, as opposed to step, you know, step on um, like, you know, cobblestones across a river, when they leap over the river from exercise to scene, they revert all the way back to bad habits, bad acting, uh, not living truthfully in the moment. And so this thing that we're going to explore today uh, of open scenes and how it, it weaves inside the repetition exercise is a really powerful process, really powerful tool to help actors hold on to the goodness that they've learned in the repetition exercise and directly apply it into character and dialogue work without having the fear of having to do a good scene. Sure. So, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, what you just brought up there, I, we, we've discussed this previously. I, I, I fell into that trap, you know, the first time working with Meisner, more like we, we did a sort of four week, um, yeah, of the repetition, of doing sort of independent activities, of, of really focused work on behavior, listening, responding. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, the, the acting teacher gave us uh, a David Mamet seat to, to um, go away, to learn, to play around with it with a, a scene partner. And uh, me and this girl, we, we did it. It just absolutely bombed because we fell into the trap, believe it or not. Back into the bad acting, yeah. Of, of all those things, of trying to impress, of trying to make someone of the scene. It was set a subway, and you know, it was like, oh, I'll be this down and out, you be this, and, and we just sort of imposed all these elements, and then uh, we we got, you know, fair. You got eviscerated fairly. You got eviscerated by the teacher, right? Exactly, exactly. And um, from there, I was like, whoa, like that, that was a real moment there that I just sort of lost all that that, that training. And I, I think what you're going. Because I've never done the, the open scenes before with, with anybody. I think that that bridge that you're going to introduce, yeah. you know, before before we go to a, a scene and a dialogue, is going to be incredibly valuable. You know, to keep the principles of what we've been working yeah. on. I don't know where and when it started, and and I know that a lot of Meisner acting teachers don't don't use it. So it's not it's not one of those. Uh, tools with inside uh, every single Meisner Studios process. But what, what I have found with me personally, learning it as well as when I teach it, it seems to me that most actors hold on to the value and the intention of the living truthfully in the moment, don't do anything unless the other person makes you do it. What you do and how you feel doesn't depend on you, it depends upon the other person. That when they leap from repetition exercise to scene, all that is just sort of lost for a little bit and you have to try to rebuild it. But with this open scene that's inserted into a repetition exercise, it really becomes a, a safe place for actors to explore, to feel good about holding on to the, the core listen and respond principles, and then also feel good about, hey, I'm, I'm no longer doing just an exercise. I actually feel like I'm doing some acting. I'm doing some scene work. And it's this baby step. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, I guess we can get to that point, Jeremy. You sort of already mentioned it tonight, right? Without some level of engagement of the imagination, right? Like, we can't get to this point in the Meisner technique of using dialogue, of doing an independent activity, even, right, without somewhat engaging, you know, in in the imagination in, in, in some way. Um, and, and we were just going to touch on that, right, right, right at the start uh, here tonight. Um, you know, one, what, what our experiences of, of the, the guided daydream is and how, how we've sort of felt exploring yeah. it, but also, also how that's different to, say, Lee Strasberg's approach in, in, in belief, you know, about if sure. based in real life as well. Um, so, I, I mean, personally for me, Meisner's um, you know recommendation of basing something you know as, as truthfully as, as possible in your real life, but being able to expand it into an imaginative realm has been very very powerful. For me, you know, like, like, um, I feel it allows me to 
open up to a huge amount of different possibilities in a situation where as if I was trying to be as truthful as possible to my real life and as truthful as possible to my the, the history of, of me, I might have faced blockages and I might have faced obstacles and trying to yeah. dig those things up and trying to explore them and almost <clears throat> trying to recreate them. You know, because memory is such a funny, unreliable thing. And, and for me, any time I have tried to verbatim sort of uh, explore something that is very, very true to me and very, very you know, deeply ingrained with me, like, um, I think I always get in a battle with my head. You know, I always get in a battle with, am I yeah. doing this uh, a disservice? Am I, am I really feeling this? And, and I start to get in a conversation with my ego, whereas... Meisner's approach of, of, of melding that with being able to add into an imaginary circumstance. I still have all the feelings and the, and the sort of juices yeah. swimming along there, but I, I just feel um, I'm able to step into the world a lot more, you know, and, and get lost in it a little bit more and, and not be in my head. But that, 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 that's just my self yeah, there's, there's yeah. no right. There's no right or wrong, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All I would say is... It, for any actor that hasn't fully studied any specific discipline or technique for an extended period of time, just dipping in and trying it for a little bit and then making a categorical statement that that version doesn't work for me, but this one does. I just give, give pause to that. I, you know, I just highly recommend going out and taking the time to really study it and be faithful to the technique that you're studying and not try to not try to have good results by imposing stuff that works for you. Leave the stuff that works for you alone while you're studying something new and learn and uh, attain new, new tools. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. So should I talk a little bit about what the Meisner version of emotional prep is? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's, let's jump okay. in. So I, I think we have mentioned this, uh, you know, a number of times that the, one of the reasons why the group theater in uh, the U.S. disbanded in the 1930s and 40s was over many things, but one principle that really was uh, causing a lot of friction was the idea of for emotional preparation, character preparation, putting yourself into a state that is appropriate for the work that was going to appear on stage. Do you or do you not relive, recreate, re-experience sensorily your personal past events over and over? Or do you simply use your imagination, whether it's based on realities in your life or 100% of the imaginary circumstances of the script? And so there was this conflict uh, between Lee Strasberg and others uh, that there was just a core principle of, yes, this is the process that I'm teaching. This is the process that we are using. And it just, it sort of broke up. That was part of it, you know, broke up the group theater. Uh, I can tell you from experience that uh, for me, both methods work very, very well. Uh, and I use them depending upon what I need to accomplish. I, I go to different tools. But Meisner's belief was that in general, your imagination can take you to places far deeper and far greater than your actual life experiences ever could. So in order to do the Meisner version of emotional preparation, it's imagination-based as opposed to past experience sensorily recreating, reliving a past event. It's, it's imagination-based. And th there's two paths that it sort of takes. The foundation of it is that you can and should start with a reality in your life, something that's meaningful and personal to you, and then launch off onto a guided daydream, like you're sort of holding the reins of you know, the, uh, the, the sled, uh, and you sort of point the daydream in a given direction. But by starting with the reality in your life, you're basing what this daydream is on to something that's important to you. As an example, you mentioned that your wife is in the other room, you know, let's say it's, um, you know, she, she's, um, she just had a, a birthday recently, right? So you, I saw some, uh, some balloons and stuff that you had, uh, that you had posted. So let's say the character needed to be uh, in a state of just joy and happiness. And so you start with the reality in your life. I have a wife that I love, her birthday is coming up. And 
you then go on a guided daydream about all the amazing things that are going to happen at this birthday party, right? You fantasize about all the people that will be there, the celebrations, the surprise, how happy she's going to be. You, you have these imaginary monologues and dialogues with the people that are there. Uh, you, you imagine bringing her a glass of champagne. You imagine giving her a toast and everybody cheering for her. So it's not something that actually did happen. Maybe it did, but you know, in this example, it's something that you start with the reality in your life and then you just go on a guided daydream. And then once you're in a, a feeling state, you just take that, push it to the side, get on stage. And then you go back to, you know, the core tenets of Meisner, which is just listen and respond truthfully in the moment. That emotional preparation is there to get you into the scene so you're not dead when you walk in and to live truthfully underneath as an emotional current. But that should never supersede the reality of what's actually happening in front of you. You have to be intelligent enough to let go your imagination, to let go the, uh, the emotions that your guided daydream took you on and allow the other person to be more important, the reality of what's happening in front of you to be more important. And then at some moment, you know, maybe your, your guided daydream resurfaces again. Okay, great. But its intention is to get you onto the stage so you're not emotionally dead. Yeah. Right. No, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And, and, and I think that's such a key point, Jeff. It's yeah. such a key point. Like, don't sit in it. Don't sit in it and carry on trying to pull it out and drag it out. Like, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this. And, and, and sort of like, uh, you know, feel the need to share with everybody how you're feeling inside and how, you know, cut up you are in the scene or how angry you are in the scene. No, yeah. no, no. You've got to let all that go. Let it all go. And give yourself over. And, 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 and you know, you don't know where, where the scene's going to lead and where, where it's going to happen, but you're right. As a, as a springboard, as a starting point to get yeah. in there, beautiful, right? really powerful, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. So you're you starting with the reality, in, you're starting with the reality in your life because when, when you're learning the imagination-based emotional preparation process, it's easier to, uh, to get good at it by starting with something that's meaningful and important to you. Then over time, it evolves into leaving your personal life completely out of it and just using the imaginary circumstances of the script. Well, that then entails doing a lot of wonderful script analysis work, understanding who your character is, how they relate to the other people in the, in the script, the circumstances of the script that ultimately inform and illuminate the type of emotional state that you might be in. And then you go on a guided daydream based upon the imaginary circumstances of the script as the character. You leave yourself completely out of it. That's not something that a lot of actors have the ability to grab hold of and do right away. And especially not something that they uh, would be very facile at and skilled at and adept at if they don't do the script analysis part of the puzzle first. And a lot of times actors are lazy and they, they try to find the fastest path to that emotional result, right? So overall, the, the Meisner version of emotional preparation is imagination-based. It starts off with starting with a reality in your life and then going on a daydream. And then it evolves into leaving yourself completely out of it, just using the imaginary circumstances of the, of the script. Mm -hmm. there's, there's one part of this that I know a lot of uh, spiritual people struggle with. And that is the, the manifestation of their daydreams, the belief that they will manifest into reality these guided daydreams. And so mm -hmm. they'll happily start with the reality in their life and then go on a guided daydream about people that they love and good things happening. But they will refuse to go on a, a guided daydream that takes them to a traumatic or a sad place out of fear that they may put some bad juju out into the world and cause problems. Like, uh, I have a daughter. I love my daughter. Uh, I imagine that there's a knock on the door. It's a police officer. She was in a car accident, you know, or, you know, she, she became ill. Uh, you know, so there are some people that, that truly believe, and, you know, it is what it is, right? It's their belief system that if they put that out into the universe, that it actually could potentially happen. So they refuse to use this imagination-based emotional preparation technique for sad and anger and fear out of fear that it may actually come true. They'll just use it for the happy.
and that's fine, right? But they, they would then need to have another tool and another process for emotional preparation to get to those darker emotions. Well, 100%. Yeah, and it, you know, it, it just goes back to that. It's what's right for, for, for that set person. Um, uh, you know, for, for me, it is incredibly useful personally on a personal level, you know, to be able to go to those darker places with us as well. Like, like um, uh, and you, you can, you can really get some strong uh, emotional preparation going on just, just from, from that around this. But I understand, I understand yeah. that as well. And, you know, that's people's prerogatives and things. And, um, you know, I think just the only bit to, to add really, you know, I mean, it's beautiful, Jared, is just like anything else, right? It's it's a tool, a muscle that needs to be practiced and, and trained regularly as, as, as well, isn't it? Like any, any, anything with this about the imagination, it's unless you're regularly engaging with exercises, uh, you know, meaningful exercises to sort of uh, train the imagination, it's, it, it's going to go, right? You, they, they quite often, actors can get a battle in their own on heads with, with this imagination thing of like, am I doing it right? Did I make the right choice? Did the bits of ego come in here, you know, start, start yeah. voice in their head. And, you know, somebody that does experience that when they maybe go on to this guided daydream for the first time, for me, sit back, bring it back to the basics once again and, and, and just sort of re-engage with listening, right? And the listening exercise and just sort of be present and, and see if you can remove those thoughts in your head and just be present and in the moment and listening to the sounds around you and go back to the observation and just literally see what is in front of you. Or if you're in a room with nobody, what is in that room? And then start to try and re-engage the imagination from there and just try and have this blank canvas because we'll never completely shut off that voice, right? And those thoughts that are swimming around and stuff. But the more you engage with this, the more you dive into it. I guess the more it's, yeah. it's a muscle that it's right. So a couple of thoughts uh, about that. Uh, when so here's a question for you: When do you know that you have been daydreaming? Mm. The the answer to the question is when you stop daydreaming is when you realize that you've been daydreaming. It's like you know you sit down you sit down on the toilet and all of a sudden it's twenty minutes later and you're like where the hell am I been? and why are my legs asleep? <laughs> That's my life. That's my life. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, I would say to anybody that's you know trying to work on this and, and, and practice it that we, we do this in life all the time. When we're driving, we're, we had an argument with uh, a coworker or a boss at work, and we're driving home, and we have you know this imaginary fight, and we speak, we you know we we say out loud, we say out loud what's going on. Uh, that that's exactly it, right? It's just the reality in your life, and you go on a guided daydream. And the guided daydream in Meisner's emotional preparation does not need to be silent and completely contained inside your head. You're free to get up and move around, speak, talk, have the imaginary monologue and dialogue, right? You're, you're free to allow it to, to come out. It doesn't have to be this meditative state, right? We do, the, we do it all the time. We, you know, we, we fantasize about, you know, getting the booking, getting the Academy Award. We fantasize about standing up on stage, holding the award and giving the speech. Right? We, we actors, we've all done it. Right? This, is not a, this is not something new that we haven't done. It's just applying it in a guided way to evoke in you a specific emotional state that's appropriate for the piece that you're trying to fulfill. So we're, if we're doing a scene, we're supposed to be um, incredibly happy. It would be foolish of me to go on a guided daydream and think about things that are sad and traumatic and, and make me mad. I would go on a you know a guided daydream about you know finding a bag full of money and you know being able to you know just give charity to people, do good deeds, go buy myself stuff that I want to buy, you know just go just go on this daydream and enjoy it. And yeah, yeah we, we 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 do it all the time. So it's it's nothing new. It's just a practical application of it. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. No, and yeah, I I think that's that's brilliantly put. And like, yeah, it could be an episode all within itself, right? The, the, the kind of daydream episode, you know, on the shelf for some point. Um, but I, you know, I, as always, you, you know, with uh, Jared and I, two guys talking craft, we try to pack a lot in this. 60 minutes that uh, Instagram Live uh, allows us, allots us. And um, yeah, we've been quite ambitious tonight as well, John, as well as chatting about the, the game. Yeah. We, you know, 
we're now going to take independent activity that we, we introduced last week, just that little stretch further, and then begin to add a little bit of dialogue to things mm -hmm. as well through, through these open scenes. And, and, and hopefully manage to, to, do, to do it all within our time today. We'll see how we go. Um, so, I mean, just to touch base on, on where we sort of left off last week, we, we introduced the idea of the independent activity and we sort of added the layer of, of repetition to that, right? And then we were starting to add um, circumstances, I guess, you know, like to, to why we were in that room or why we were engaged with that, that activity. And, um, you know, instantly it led to some very interesting discoveries between us, right? It wasn't something we'd rehearsed, it wasn't something we, we practiced at all, but, uh, you know, I came in with a specific intention, you came in with um, a specific intention in, in um, the other exercise as well. And, um, yeah, we were just trying to be as faithful as possible to what each other were, were bringing. And, um, yeah, we, we took it to some quite interesting yeah. memory, certainly, right? It was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, so that's the only, the only thing that we said, though, was the repetition words. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah we were just doing repetition back and forth um, yep. last week. And I, I mean, you know, is it worthwhile uh, starting off with that this, this week, Jared, and, and, and sort of uh, as we introduce the independent activity to, to go into a bit of repetition first? Yeah, so the, the way that I would teach this in class would be... Um, you know, you pair up, you you sort of rev the edges by just doing straight repetition with each other, you know, create some sort of a connection. I'm not sure we need to necessarily do that. We could just jump in because you and I know each other well enough. Um, but the, um, so the exercise now is elevated one more time where we have a relationship. We have a, a fact in common, right? We both know who we are, where we are, what's happened. We both know the circumstances that exist, you know, in this world. We know our relationship to each other. And we add that to that uh, as well. We add the independent activity based upon all of the circumstances. So the exercise starts off just like it did last week, where you're going to be doing it, um, uh, an independent activity. I'm going to come in and I'll start making some statements, observations about what I see, what I see in you, how you're making me feel, and you're gonna you know, do the repetition and respond in kind. And then the element that changes now is this, that at some point when you feel something surge inside of you that can no longer be contained, that relates to the activity that you're doing and the circumstances that we've created for each other, that surge will then propel you out of the repetition words and into the open scene script, this AB script where we've got, you know, hi, hello, how's everything fine, blah, 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 back and forth. So mm. we're going to have a bit of repetition. Something will happen in you that I will, I'll provoke it in you, whether positively or negatively, who knows what, it'll just happen. <clears throat> and then you will be impelled to start the dialogue we'll speak those words of the dialogue, this open scene, and then it may or may not be the end of the exercise when I get to the last line of the script. We may flow right back into more repetition and then it'll have its natural end. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when we do this exercise, we stay on a given word. You you know, you ask me a question in here, you, 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 you've got a line, uh, don't you have a watch? And I say, not on me. So maybe I say not on me, you repeat back, not on you, not on me, not on you, not on me, not on me, not on you, but you know, back and forth and back and forth. Whatever happens, happens, right? We find our way into the open scene script, the dialogue by repetition. Maybe there's some repetition in the middle of it. We go back to the script and then we flow out. And that gives you and me a really good five minutes, 10 minutes of an exercise where we feel safe and connected using everything that we've learned up into this point of give and take with the repetition. We now feel like we're doing a little bit of acting because we've got some character, we've got some dialogue back and forth, but we feel safe that we're inside uh, these circumstances that we both know and agree on. 
and we don't leap over to try to do a scene and try to do some, you know, bad acting. We're just, nothing really should change. It's just, we just happen to have some words that we're saying that were given to us as opposed to just being repetition uh, dialogue. That's really it. And it's worth these guys at home knowing, right? The, the, what we have yeah, predisposed. Yeah, yeah. um, I mean, we don't need to say specifics at this point, right? We can maybe share that afterwards as to what the situation is and stuff. But Jared and I, before going into this, um, you know, repetition, open scene that we're away to do right now, we have discussed <clears throat> the circumstances of the keeps the relationship, um, what has sort of gone before the, this scene. Um, some common people we might know in, in our in our worlds, um, you know, any sort of obstacles that these characters might be facing. We've, we've we've discussed those things, so we have agreed upon those things. Yeah, we haven't come together to do any work as as actors on this, and it might be interesting as well, just for these guys to to hear, Jared, just that open scene dialogue, like. With, without anything on it, you know, with, with just okay, the open yeah, scene. Sure. So, yeah, why don't we, yeah, why don't we do that? Yeah, why don't yeah. we just say, say the, uh, the words of the open scene so that when, when it actually happens inside the exercise, they, they know that we've transitioned. <clears throat> sure, and I mean, Jared, you know, he passed on five, five or six of these scenes, and in each of them, they're very short, they're very inconsequential and very open. In the name, right? It seems like anything could develop from the dialogue, right? So yeah. we've literally all we've done is pick a relationship in a circumstance between us, and we're going to apply it to this dialogue. So the dialogue goes as follows: Hi, hello, how's everything? Fine, I guess. <clears throat> Do you know what time it is? Not, no, not exactly. Don't you have a watch? Not on me. Well. Well, what? What did you do last night? What do you mean? What did you do last night? Nothing. Nothing? I said nothing. Sorry, I asked. That's all right. All right, so that, that is it. Just without anything later on, without, without any circumstances. <clears throat> that's, uh, very cold read. So, so, so you understand. That, that is what we're going to go into. In the scene within the, the repetition, once we feel like something's built between the relationship between us, we're going to dive into it and, yep. and share that dialogue in between. So, I saw it, John, for the fact here, but I just want to make sure people can see the sort of independent activity that we're doing. So, right now, you can't see the thing, is that right? I can't see okay. what, what you're doing. Okay, let me scooch this back a little bit. This is part of the reason of being in the kitchen as well. It's nice and long. Um, for this. So, can you see the table now? Yeah, yeah. You see the table there? Okay, fantastic. Excellent. All right. Um, cool. I guess this is quite faithful to uh, how we'd be doing this in a real room because usually this sort of uh, improvisation or whatever, we start with a knock at the door, right? <laughs> we have somebody coming in. So, usually quite far away anyway. So um, it makes it all the more faithful. The real, real life. Mind. Yeah, I, right. we we really should at some point talk about the knock at the door and what its purpose is, but we'll we'll table that for now. You're cutting fruit. I'm cutting fruit. You're cutting fruit. I'm cutting fruit. You're cutting fruit. I'm cutting fruit. You're, you're peering at me. I'm peering at you. You're peering at me. I'm peering at you. You're peering at me. I'm peering. You're being very curious. I'm being very curious. You're being very curious. I'm being very curious. Yeah, you're projecting. I'm projecting. Yeah, you're projecting. I'm projecting. You're projecting. I'm projecting. You have a, yeah, you're projecting. I'm projecting. You're projecting. 
projected. You're, that confuses you. That confuses me. That confuses you. That confuses me. That confuses you. That confuses me. That confuses me. I, that, I don't know what you want. You, you, you don't know what I want. I don't know what you want. You don't know what I want. I don't know what you want. You don't know what I want. I agree with you. You agree with me. I agree with you. You agree with me. I agree with you. You agree with me. I agree with you. You're lost. I'm lost. You're lost. I'm lost. That pisses me off. That pisses you off. Yeah, that pisses me off. That pisses you off. Yeah, that pisses me off. I can't understand you. You can't understand me. I can't understand you. You mumble. You can't understand me. Yeah, you mumble. I mumble. Yeah, you mumble. I mumble. You mumble. I mumble. Yeah, you mumble. I mumble. You mumble. I mumble. You're being confrontational. I am being confrontational. You're being confrontational. I'm being confrontational. You're being confrontational. I accept that. Do you accept that? I accept that. You accept that? I accept that. You're aggressive. I'm aggressive. You're aggressive. I'm aggressive. You're aggressive. I'm okay with that. You're okay with that? Yeah, I'm okay with that. You're okay with that? I'm okay with that. You're okay with that? I'm okay with that. You're scaring me. I'm scaring you. You're scared. I'm scaring you. Yeah, you're scaring me. I'm scaring you. You're scaring me. I'm scaring you. You're scaring me. I'm scaring you. You're scaring me. What do you want? What do, what do I want? I don't know who you are. You, you don't know? I can't hear you. You can't hear me. 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 I can't hear you. You just dismissed me. You can't hear me. I just dismissed you. Yeah, you just dismissed me. I just dismissed you. I just dismissed you. You exhaled. I exhaled. You exhaled. I exhaled. You exhaled. I exhaled. You exhaled. Hello? How's everything? Fine, I guess. Do you know what time that is? No, not exactly. Do you have a watch? Not on me. Well. Well, what? What'd you do last night? What do you mean? What did you do last night? Nothing. 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 So I asked. It's all right. It's all right. That's all right. It's all right. It's all right. You're an angry chopper. I'm an angry chopper. You're an angry chopper. I'm an angry chopper. You're an angry chopper. You're an angry. I want to help you. You want to help me? <laughs> that amuses you. That amuses me. That amuses you. That amuses me. That amuses you. That amuses me. That amuses you. That amuses you. Oh. <laughs> so selfish. I'm so selfish. You're so selfish. 
I'm so selfish. You're so selfish. I'm so selfish. You're so selfish. You have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. You have no idea. You have no idea. I have no idea. You have no idea. I have no idea. You have no idea. I have no idea. I'm agreeing with you. You're agreeing. I'm agreeing. You're agreeing. I'm agreeing. You're agreeing. I'm agreeing. You're agreeing. <laughs> That's the end, huh? Yeah. That's the end. Yeah. Good night. I love you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> are those are those apples? What is that? Are onions? What are you cutting? Some red onions. Man. Some red, red onions. onions. Oh. Let me get. Let me get back here. <laughs> those are some red, pretty strong red onions. Actually, <laughs> the more I was cut, the more my eyes. <laughs> Let's go. On. All right. Well, so um, yeah. Let's 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 debrief about. I mean, obviously, we we do want to share with these guys. You know what, what the situation was there. Yeah, sure. We want to yeah, share you came up with a really good scenario. Why don't you share it? Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, but, I mean, I mean, basics of that. You know, like Jared sent the dialogue, and and then you know. And he said, we, we need to decide here on, on some circumstances that are common between us. Um, so, no, I just suggested um, the Jared's character had just come back from uh, service, from um, service country uh, through the army. And um, we were childhood friends and he didn't have a place to stay. And he, he sort of uh, decided to stay with me and my girlfriend for what was supposed to be a couple of days. It's a couple of days, it's turned into a couple of months. And, um, you know, his behavior is becoming more and more erratic. Jared's uh, character, he's staying out all times of night, sort of leaving, becoming more and more disengaged with communicating with us, uh, coming in at odd times. My girlfriend has now made the decision that she just wants him to leave. Like, wants him to go, she's becoming increasingly annoyed with the situation. And, um, you know, other, other than that, we hadn't sort of discussed anything hugely in terms of circumstances that I've seen, right, Jared? There's nothing else in terms of no. uh, things we'd agreed upon, you know, and I, I guess from there, we did some individual exploration as to our, our emotional preparation of what we were going to bring into the scene, right? Um, and, and you had a, a sort of a reason and intention for, for being there um, at, at that moment, right? Something that yeah. you went together and um, yeah, also had for me so um yeah i mean at this point will we share those things or? yeah uh, so yes and, and in addition to everything that you said about the facts in common you created an independent activity that had something to do with the circumstances that we just talked about Mm. That is either for me, about me, for you, about you, for your girlfriend, about your girlfriend, about the circumstances. The reason behind why you're doing the activity is intricately connected in some way to the circumstances that exist between us and what it is that you want. Mm. Which means that it's important for you that you have to focus on it, that you want to do it, that you need to do it, there's some urgency to it, which then naturally causes a, a barrier between the two people. And I, like, I have it really easy. I could just be out here, you know, taking shots from the outside, but you have to manage because you, you've got this activity that has to get done. You've got to manage that push and pull of when I become more important for a few moments than the activity, and then when my importance dissipates and the thing that you're trying to accomplish takes precedent over me. 
And when you, you know, sort of yo-yo me back and forth with your attention on me, your attention off me, that push and pull impels responses in me that then get fired at you, which then trigger back and forth. So it's this constant battle back and forth. If the activity that you're doing was not meaningful, important, connected to the circumstances, have some urgency, have some physical difficulty to do, if you remove all of those elements, then it becomes very easy for you to just let the activity go and, and just do a repetition exercise or do a scene with me. And that's not, that's not part of the training. Yeah. We're in that part of the training where we want you to struggle between the doing and the connecting and that conflict that's created between them because of it. Sure, sure. So I just want to mention there as well. I forgot to mention that in our circumstances as well, I'd ask you to leave, um, leave the place. The last time I brought up about you leaving the, the apartment that you used to stay in, you became yeah. quite aggressive. You know, like there was, a, there was another element to there as well. Yeah. <laughs> just, just like you charged in real life, just always aggressive, right? Um, so yeah, no, totally. And then, you know, I, I think what we did last week with the independent activities, um, yeah, what, what I focused on, I guess, was giving myself a, a physically difficult challenge, you know, um, that I hadn't necessarily linked up with a set of, you know, these imaginary circumstances, the same, you know, I was sort of trying yeah. to be open and responsive to you, and I did have a need to do the activity, but I hadn't necessarily connected those dots, right? Um, and I think you did in, in your scene. And this week, yeah, I, I was trying to link that, you know. So, so because we came up with the circumstances, the set circumstances, I, I, I thought about what could I be doing, you know, like if I was this character, like what would, could he be realistically doing as a, a, a physical activity? Um, so, you know, I, I just thought he, he was preparing um, an adversary, you know, like the, the guy hadn't been. Back for like the evening and stuff. They like, went out at random time at night. You don't really know when, when um, your character had went out, Jared. Well, he's been out for quite some time. He's been known to be out for days on end, you know. So he thought, you know what, perfect. I, I'm going to prepare this, this anniversary meal. And his uh, girlfriend has been particularly pushing this guy needs to go, this guy needs to go, this guy needs to go. Um, and then um, it was like, well, at least we can get, like, you know, we can get a night, our anniversary together, we can sit down to a nice meal. Um, and then he's come walking in at yeah. an appropriate time, you know? um, which obviously he doesn't see him that much. He's not able to sort of have discussions with him that much. And it's a very inappropriate time for him to walk in. So I guess the push and pull there is like, I need to sort of, you know, also in the next 30 minutes, 45 minutes, my girlfriend's going to walking through the door like ready for this anniversary you're, like, you're here <laughs> it's gonna get a bit messy you know? but I can't push it too much because I'm a bit scared of it as well to be honest with you, you know? like I don't want to push it that much like and, right. um, I've got that respect for you and stuff as well you know? so, so I guess it was you know everything was sort of wrapped up there that that's great yeah. Layers, you know? yeah. so the the activity was for and about you and the girlfriend and how my intrusion is causing friction and problems in the relationship. Yeah, it's, it's a very valid uh, activity for the given circumstances. And I think when you start with the imaginary circumstances, you can reach into that and pull out a ton of activities and the reasons behind why you're doing those activities. I mentioned this last week that I, I typically find that when actors start with an activity that they think is really good to do, and then layer on top of that good activity circumstances, it ends up uh, being one of the activities that's more often than not discarded. And then it's mostly a repetition exercise. I find over time that when the activity comes out of the circumstances, as opposed to the circumstances being laid on top of the activity, that yeah. the activity ha has more uh, weight and importance uh, in the actual exercise. Sure. Yeah, and that's yeah. the reality of what it would be like in a uh, in a play, right? You would be given the circumstance, you would be given the script, and you would have to find activities to do that are truthful with inside the imaginary world of the circumstances. Mm. And so it's it's good practice to start with the circumstances and pull the activity out of it, because that's what mm. that's what you're eventually going to have to do anyway. 
Yeah, 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 no, sure, sure. Did, did you have any experiences in that in Kuwait that you just uh, did in, in Thanksburg? I, I know there's a big hummus making scene, but that was, that was prescriptive in the script, right? But were there any circumstances in the play that you just come off of where, where you did that, where you yourself came up with a, an activity based on the, on the circumstances? Well, yeah, so the, uh, the the making of the hummus for sure, because it's in the script, the playing of the piano and the duet, because it's in, in the script. Um, but the uh, there were a couple of times when I um, straightened the flowers and cleaned what I perceived to be like little bugs off of the flowers that were next to the couch or near the piano, tidying up and straightening up um, because I wanted to create an environment that was safe for the relationship. And so the tidying up of the the space that was in disarray became the activity that was pulled out of the uh, the given circumstances. Mm, sure, and and, and that, that is a window, you know, like, a, and I do, but you know, you bring that up, remember that from, from watching the, the play as well, which is um, on YouTube at the moment, right? Um, it does give a window into, into that character's sort of thoughts and, and, and feelings as well, yeah. doesn't that? Like, uh, yeah. That simple action, right? Yeah. So, here's a little bit about what was going on with me and sure. why, yeah, why yeah. I was in, in the state that yeah, I was in. So yeah. we had a fact in common, but then I went off and I created stuff that you didn't know about that yeah. based upon those circumstances, you would not have known about this. So the reason why I've been out late at night and coming home erratically at different times is because while, while living there, I heard a lot of fighting between the two of you. And I believe that you were uh, being physical with her. So I've been spending a lot of time in the tree outside your room as a peeping Tom, taking pictures of you being abusive. And I'm, I'm building a case against you because I, what I want from you is I want you to leave. leave. Leave your woman with me because I deserve her, you don't. <laughs> and so I, I have just come from the tree where uh, I've, I've captured the, uh, the final piece of evidence where I, I know that uh, you will leave because if you don't, you're going to go to jail based upon what I have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is going to be an interesting unbrushed dinner right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was coming in, you know, cocky and confrontational uh, based upon what I wanted. You'd, I, I wanted to ultimately force the hand and pu push you to a place where ultimately I would reveal to you uh, the photos that were going to just uh, make you walk away, give me your girl and leave. Yeah, yeah, wow. wow. And, and this is it, right? So here, here we go. I mean, you, you set up a pretty powerful scenario for yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, like for, for me, I was in a completely different realm. If one of us had tried to dictate and push what we wanted and then tried to control the, the, the scene, to it, it, it just would have sort of juggled along and then fell, fell flat, right? Like, um, in what, you know, the obligation is, isn't it, is to even though you've got a set of circumstances to be open to the, the possibilities of where things yeah. go and, and, like, accept that you, you have no control over that, like, where, where once, no. once the wheels are turning, and that engine started, you don't, you don't know where the scene is, is going to go. Yeah, so if, if you would have been in an emotional state that was incredibly uh, apologetic and humble and generous and kind and tender, I would have perceived that to be an acknowledgement of your wrongdoing mm. based upon my circumstances that I added into what was going on with us. Mm. That would have then instantly triggered in me um, a, a different point of view, a different response. But because you were uh, equally immovable at times, mm -hmm. that allowed me to hold stronger onto my original point of view. Mm -hmm. um, but I was open to, if you had changed and approached me in a very, I don't know, soft, tender, apologetic, uh, an act of contrition, um, invited me into your activity, welcomed me in. Uh, mm. I, I probably would have responded, you know, some way different. And had I not, 
had I held on firm to this imaginary circumstances that is not the reality of what's happening between us, mm. then I would have been full of shit. Yeah. Right? yeah. I need to be able to abandon and let go the imaginary circumstances that are impelling me into the room in a given state and mm. forego that for the reality of what's happening between us. Mm. Mm. No, most definitely, most definitely. I mean, uh, you know, unfortunately, like as, as well, you know, being at the mercy of these connections, doing this on the screen, like you know, I, I think when we went into the open dialogue there, that it sort of, it sort of it crashed. <laughs> so I mean, like, yeah, yeah, certainly right. Like, um, and you know, it's um, is that right? Is that as well? Like, just being able to be as responsive in the moment as possible with these these things, right? Because even if you have a, a couple of seconds of uh, of lag or of breaking into it, you you step out to sort of go go back into it again, right? So I you know I think I think it was unfortunate and open that we just had a little bit of like I think we almost crashed each other <laughs> and then like we we went into it sort of thing like um but I, I think when you're in a room with somebody it's uh, yeah you, you don't fall into those those issues and problems with with that um so but, adam you, this was the first time that you did the repetition lead into the open scene and then repetition out how, how was that for you in terms of a an exercise a learning experience what did you take away it from felt it? like the most um smooth smoothest blend possible like i didn't feel the dialogue that we passed on in the middle was in any way different to the repetition back and forth that we, that we were doing. You know, it, it felt like I, I was always taking from, from, from you, you know, you'd, you'd sort of given me and I was giving you, you, you something back, you know, like, which is what, what it should be, right? Like, it just happened to be, I was saying some more prescribed words. Yeah. And, and, and that was it, you know, but I still felt it was like, it was much more about what, what you were you were giving me and what that made me feel and what I was giving it's you so back. Important. Yeah. So, yeah. so that that's really the, the the key takeaway. And if you want to say, did I was this a successful exercise? It's it's that, right? It's the the feeling of there was a seamless transition from repetition into open scene dialogue and out that felt as authentic of a give and take in the repetition as it does in the dialogue and then afterwards that it's indistinguishable when and why we're shifting from doing the repetition to the actual words of the script. That's when you know that you've held on to the core principles of Meisner's foundation give and take exercise and can seamlessly and naturally apply that to a script that's been given to you. And then once you experience that and you know that it fe you feel safe listening and responding and still holding on to your imaginary circumstances, but being very truthful in the moment back and forth, you then have so much more confidence to then pick up that mammoth script or the John Patrick Shanley script or whatever script and then just apply those principles to it. The fear of doing the scene uh, diminishes because you've experienced in this safe environment of this silly open scene that you actually can say dialogue and have no idea where it's going to go, and feel safe and feel confident in the world. Yeah, yeah sure, and, and and I think it's just you know, um, it, like continuing afterwards as well. You know, like just just sort of quite feeling like no, 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 this isn't done yet. <laughs> like it's, this is yeah. we've got more to talk about here. We've got more to explore. Like I haven't got across to you what you know. What I'm thinking what I'm feeling, and I don't think you get what I'm thinking. <laughs> feeling. I want, to, I want to continue this dialogue and like. I guess that's what you always feel in a scene as well, right? It's very seldom that your character sort of gets yeah. the thing that they, that they want as well. You know, the, the, the real luxury of the scene is you can continue it for a little, a little longer too. Yeah, so sure. That score further. But, um, repetition. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so look at, we're, um, we're, we're butting up to the end of the hour right now. Ah, man, UGS. I, I just want to take a second, John. I forgot to say this at the start, but shout out to uh, Gob2 from... from um, India, I, I, I believe. He was messaging just to say he's been listening to these uh, Meisner episodes, Jared. He's getting a huge amount from them. Just due to COVID times, he's not able to get that acting partner and try these things out. But got to hope we, you know, you feel fired up by this. And um, yeah, that you, when you get the opportunity to get 
room with actors again that you, you try all these things out because that that is what it's about for us Jared, right we, we have huge fun doing this and exploring and, and, and sort of um, going back and forth but also that people get this little window into possibilities of of Meisner or a variety of different techniques that they, that they feel inspired to take these things further as well. And um, yeah, we feel humbled uh, about everybody that, that, that joins us for this or listens on the podcast or, or whatever, right? Most definitely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, Jared, uh, take care of yourself. We'll be back in two weeks, Tatum, right? Two, two weeks. weeks. Yep. And absolutely. Where, yeah, you, right now you've, you've sprang forward in your clocks you're like uh, an hour forward from what you were before then i'll be I'll, I'll hopefully match you here in the uk i mean we've got this time difference thing we've got an extra layer of time difference on top of the time difference now it's crazy we're in some mad time vortex here of uh yeah who even knows it's, it's 6 p.m with you now yes 6 p.m there we go i've got my head around it there we, there we go perfect but why can't time just be a simple simple thing chad why Oh, there we go. <laughs> I'm not smart enough to answer that. No, that's another time, possibly a completely other podcast with some other people to discuss that one. <laughs> not, not me, that's for sure. <laughs> not two guys talking craft. <laughs> no. No. Um, All right, Adam. Take care, Jared. Thank you very much. I appreciate you, my friend. Soon. See everybody and, soon. Um, see everybody soon. Thank you very much. Take care, all. Bye. Bye-bye.